0: Hey this is Pastor Nate Cook and you're listening to Pontificating Pastors, a podcast where we lock two pastors in a room and just let them talk about anything and everything. My friend Michael Pig is a church planner in San Marcos, Texas, and I'm a traditional church pastor here in Midwest City, Oklahoma. Special shout out to Russell Martz for the awesome intro music. You can find Russell on SoundCloud at Sprouts Music, S P R O U T Z. And now, we hope you'll enjoy this episode of Pontificating Pastors. Hey, Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. How are you, Nate? I am doing good. Hey, listen. This week we had a question uh sent via messenger from a listener. We have a listener. We have one. Praise the Lord. Awesome. All right. No, a good friend of, of ours, Nathan Jenkins, wrote in and uh he just wanted to to say maybe maybe we could discuss the idea of music um the the new music that comes out and even older music how do we make sure that our what we're singing actually aligns with what we're believing how do we how do we examine music before we put it into the rotation to see if it 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 is in line with with our belief
1: Mm. you mean every day with jesus is not sweeter than the day before um yeah. That that's one of the songs that I remember singing as a kid. And so I mean new music, old music, I don't know what the measure of time is. I'm thinking for Mr. Jenkins there it's probably a lot shorter than 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 my uh, our
0: timeline is is longer. <laughs> yes.
1: So um but yeah, when I was a kid we used to sing that every day with Jesus and and I remember looking around and and I thought that uh you know that an increasingly cheerful life was what the aim was you know that heaven was a cheerful place i read a poem by shel silverstein one time about the land of happy and and he talks about you know goes on for verse after verse about uh, everyone's happy all day and they play and they smile and, and then the last line is the land of happy uh, what a bore uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know but uh but there's there if if suffering is redemptive Then how are we singing songs about how Jesus makes me happy all the time? And then how do we adopt some kind of theory of atonement or understanding of atonement where the goal is happiness? You know that just that seems more like uh, the goal of earning money or the goal of drug abuse or the goal of of some you know some uh, chemical dependency. Uh, right, things that we're addicted to, yeah, seem to seem to be the things that, that we're trying to make ourselves happy with. But a relationship with a God who died on a cross doesn't seem to be totally consumed with happiness and cheerfulness.
0: Yeah. So going back to our friend, Peter Rollins, that would probably be called idolatry if it's the thing that's just <laughs> supposed to make us happy all the time. Yeah, um, yeah I I agree. And I think uh, one of the things we set up for people then is, if they come to church or, or they come into our our congregations and they they think, well, what's wrong with me? Because oh, I'm yeah. not happy today. Yeah, I've Wal- had this happen in my life, and
1: yeah, yeah. Walter Brueggemann spends a whole like you know bunch of time, like you know chapters on, uh, and, and I've heard him interviewed on this topic about you know. Uh, His problem with the the way that we do worship services today is that we we walk in and immediately we go to praise. But not everybody feels like praising God. Some people came to church because they have a bone to pick with God or because they have, you know, uh, they have hurt and angst. And in your hurt and angst, you know, well, the answer is just praise God. Well, I don't know how to praise God. I certainly don't know how to do it authentically if I don't have room for lamentation first. I don't have room for, for being honest about my pain and struggle. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, but, but it's not like this is a new problem, right? Because if sometimes right. reading the Psalms and, and they're talking about the blood of our enemies being spilled and, you know, yeah. I mean, that doesn't, that, you know, I'm not sure what to do with that kind of a, a song either. And yet here it is in scripture. Um yeah but, dashing
0: babies' heads against the rocks is oh, i what
1: well, that doesn't seem like a worship song to me, not uh, good for literalist translations either no huh, so I'm you know I struggle like I think probably music isn't all about uh about you know accuracy I, right I yeah that that might be the problem is sometimes we're thinking you know I know that. I've been singing a song before, and I thought, yeah, that doesn't jive with my theology. And uh, so I changed the words, so I make myself feel better, you know. Yeah. Uh, Especially when they talk about Jesus did something, and it has an ED as a past tense on it. And I'm like, aren't we singing about what Jesus is up to right now? Yeah, Jesus is
0: alive still,
1: by the way. I'll admit that that it's a popular song, and I like it a lot the resurrected king is resurrecting me i finally you know it's happening right now you know it's not something that is that's a past tense um and i really i really like that and then there's some songs that i really like that and i sing them out loud but but they have an ed and i replace it with an ing while i'm singing it you know yeah. so the person next to me is probably bothered by that but uh, yeah the
0: the popular uh, amazing grace my chains are gone the last verse is you know the earth will soon dissolve like snow. And so one of my buddies, Chad Townsley, he, he did this first and I really liked it. He's like, uh, he just adds in, if the earth dissolve like snow, uh, <laughs> then, then we know God will still be with us in the midst of that. We're not, we're not anticipating that because we're, we're thinking new creation, but it does color the way you look at the earth colors. The way you look at salvation and what, what God is up to in the world. So, um, yeah, so Nathan had a specific question about the the new song, the the lion and the lamb. Um, okay. And uh, it's uh, do you know the song? I think I
1: know it. Maybe can you read the lyrics that he's concerned with?
0: Well, it's it's basically in the chorus uh, of the lion and the lamb. It 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 talks about kind of our God is the lion the lion of Judah he's roaring with power and fighting our battles our, our God is the lamb the lamb that was slain for the sins of the world his blood breaks the chains every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb and so his question was just about you know does this really represent the the picture that the scripture gives about the lion and the lamb um, and so, not to upset anybody, if this is your favorite worship song right now, um, there are songs I I don't fully agree with that I still sing.
1: Oh, I uh, sing them loud. Yeah, Sometimes I sing them loud because they they encompass an emotion to them. Maybe a prayer that I'm praying. You know, I, I I'll admit those those lyrics seem you know there, there's some struggle there. Yeah, uh, with me too. Because there's you know there's some empirical. Uh, things there. We, we like the empire. We like the idea of God as conquering king. We wanted Jesus to come in uh, on that. We don't want him to come in on a, donkey, on a donkey into Jerusalem. We want him to come in on a war horse and clear out the Romans and make peace for us.
0: Right. Well, and I think what's going on here is a mixing of many biblical metaphors. So there's that imperialistic feel, which really doesn't jive when you look at Revelation 5. Uh whereas there's this this question of who is worthy to open, you know, and oh, yeah. and and the one who is worthy is the always slaughtered lamb. Yeah. So it's yeah. not the lion that comes roaring, although the lion of Judah is another metaphor sure. uh throughout scripture, but it's the always slaughtered lamb. So the picture is the power of God comes through the laying down of God's life, sure. uh, through sacrificial love. And then the other, the other picture that's playing on there is, is actually um, out of Isaiah. And, and one of the things uh, that's interesting about that is it actually says the lion and the wolf, or I mean the wolf and the lamb, sorry, um, in Isaiah, but everybody changes, uh, likes the lion better. And, and if you read through Isaiah, we don't want the wolf and the lamb to lie together because the wolf is terrible. Um, The big, bad wolf, if you will. So, Um, That picture is is more about how um, in God's new restored kingdom, uh, things that aren't supposed to get get along will get along. And so um, I think I think what we got going on in the song is uh, is more about just a real mixing of a lot of different biblical metaphors uh, that to me kind of paints a picture of uh, uh, obviously God is victorious but yeah. where does that victory come from and maybe you can speak to that a little bit
1: sure i think sometimes that we we are so excited about the almighty god who is on our side you know we we talk about uh, the uh, the god of of heaven's armies you know um and and, and there's some empowering aspect to that well if, if god is for us then who can be against us you know and those are those are things we find in scripture um, and I'm sure that when when you were dealing with a church that was severely oppressed uh, and pushed to the margins and threatened daily, that these were images that really kept people from giving up and and gave them hope and gave them faith. And 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 there was, you know, a trusting in God. But I think uh, we can never lose sight that that those people became martyrs in a lot of ways, um, that they still believed in suffering. That was a church that, you know, um, talk, that that taught and and hopefully still teaches that we're supposed to give our life away. And so if you worship the Almighty as though being almighty means you get to keep everything, well then you're misunderstanding God because God is our God, Jehovah, Yahweh, Elohim, uh, God of the Old Testament, revealed in Jesus Christ, and, and today, through the Holy Spirit, is this God who gives God's self away. That's the business that God is in, and so in order to be almighty, Jesus actually tells us we have to be all vulnerable in order to participate in the in 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 God's life and in God's dream, we have to be willing to give it all away the the one who wants to be first will have to be servant of all you know uh, so there's kind of this it's difficult whenever whenever we we need that encouragement to have the courage to walk forward believing that God will prevail, but sometimes God prevails. When the church is self sacrificing, yeah, yeah, that's like, good. We don't like to think about it in those terms because we want to win, and Jesus, <laughs> has, you know, lost in order to win, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, let's talk a little bit about um just the role and how powerfully music does then shape a group's imagination. Um and and how much uh why it's so important that the songs we sing reflect the the way we believe. Like I'll just be honest, when I was growing up, we sang I'll fly away all the time, but I will not put it in our worship repertoire because I'm trying to teach uh, in my congregation that that God is concerned also about what happens right now. So we're not just waiting for the by and by, and, and we've sung it here and there, maybe just um, as kind of a, a old oldie but goodie thing. But but it's not a major part of who we are because I think that that picture was lived was sang sung through so many different songs back back about 20 30 years ago that it it helped us to escape our responsibility to the earth now at some point sure
1: sure it helped us it helped us buy into this idea that everything's ruined already and nothing is good and only god is good um and and i think only god is good but we were created in his image so there's some goodness in us and so there is and you know jesus prayer was let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven and we happen to be made of Earth. so we want his will to come both in our life in the community at large and 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 throughout the entire world uh, seeing his will come right now not not some you know and a lot of our songs tend to have a post-mortem uh, faith you know like some glad morning when this life is over. you know like why are we singing about when our life is over If we believe that we're supposed to be living this life in Christ, you know, and so that that's a struggle. And yet at the same time, oh, there are some days when, you know, Moses said, Lord, just, you know, I don't want to make any more decisions. Just kill me now.
0: There are some moments where you're like, you know, it
1: it would be nice to be um, with Jesus. Sure. And I think that sometimes music is expressing that honestly. Right. Uh, I think it can. I think sometimes it it expresses it uh dishonestly. Um but I think that that music ought to always be honest. And so I don't necessarily want to uh you know s- sponge out uh the those those songs that have words and lines in them that I'm not that I'm like oh, I can't sing that, you know. Um Yeah, I, I think I, you get to a point where you're just a killjoy. Yeah, you're just you <laughs> Saying that's wrong and that's wrong and that but you know I, there have been great moments where you know people people in a lot of pain and people in a lot of struggle sometimes they just want to believe that that you know there's rest at the end of this you know the, again third day wrote a, wrote a song called there's a light at the end of this tunnel
0: right you know? yeah and
1: i didn't like that song but sometimes i hear it in in my head <laughs> when right. i'm struggling with something and so I think you know most of the time music is written out of honesty and, and and out of a place where we're just trying to grasp at you know Paul says that at very best we are groping in the dark for some kind of answer so to pretend like I have the answer and the song you wrote does not fully encompass that correct answer it's just so freaking arrogant i don't want anything to do with it you know and but yeah, i find myself there i tend to time. be there <laughs>
0: And, and yet I find myself in the pew going, what in the world? That the, a, a song that comes to mind, and, and I think poetry has a lot to do with this, because poetry is not necessarily meant to be technically technical theological language. But that song that goes, I am a sinner if it's not one thing. At one level, my, my voice wants to shout out, I'm not just a sinner. I am created in the image of God. <laughs> But at another level, I know how I live. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, there are days when I am I just fail miserably to, yeah. to yeah. be the pastor that God wants me to be. I fail people. I let them down. And, and so there's a sense in which theologically I want to say, I want to scream, no, I'm not just a sinner. But there are other days where, I don't know. That might resonate with me more than I want for it to. And so, I, I think there's definitely that poetic sense, like you're saying, that you know, it's not a. You're not singing a theological tree. I And mean, some of the hymns feel like maybe you are, but but most of most songs uh, of any era, I mean, if you really wanted to get a fine tooth comb, you can find some things that you might say. And I think that's where our culture is. We just we just destroy everything. Oh we <laughs> that are, we read, that we see.
1: Deconstruction. Oh yeah. Deconstruction though, uh is where uh is where the church goes into exile, you know, like that's <laughs> uh you know, because there's no room for uh for some of the things that uh, that we say we believe anymore because they're not scientific enough or they don't uh you know, they don't fit uh, they don't fit the norms uh, of culture, and they're they're not accepting enough. They're not tolerant enough. They're not, you know. And so we, you know, it's a it's a struggle, and to pretend like it's not, and to say we've all got it figured out, and that that song is wrong, might be as dangerous a place as the song that we disagree with is in, you know.
0: So. Yeah, I I really like that point. I think when we're, I mean, obviously, if is especially as leaders of churches. It, you want to set a, a tone. You want you want to be kind of speaking the same message from the scripture, the pulpit that you are singing at some points. Yeah. But then there becomes a, an arrogance, and that is just as deadly, if not more.
1: Well, I, yeah, I think the lyric that I like best to keep me humble in that regard is... Um, a Chris Wright song where he said, I'm just trying to smell the color nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good lyric. Yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah, no, I, I don't have a good to say. I have a good grip on it is, is arrogant. And I think to sing in humility, um, I need, I need a lion. I don't understand this lamb thing. And I know I'm supposed to lay my life down, but right now you just be the lion that, that you know because i really like c.s lewis's picture of aslan uh, facing off with the white witch and he roars and her hair gets blown back and then he and then he devours her that makes me happy like i i I know that that's not necessarily how life goes but if anybody's going to devour the evil that i'm facing it's going to be my god
0: right and i i Obviously, we do believe that God ultimately is victorious. Um, but but like we've said, the cross looked very different than the victory that Peter and his cohorts were imagining when Peter pulls out his sword and cuts off Malchus' ear. You know, it's like, uh, okay, victory is one thing, but what will that look like? So, yeah, I think there's a both and there. I appreciate the question from nathan i appreciate that nathan's listening i've heard a couple people uh in the last week we've had some questions come in so hey if you have questions shoot them off to us um if you don't you know you can always email them to me at pastor.nate.cook at gmail.com we probably won't have all the answers but we'll at least talk about it
1: on air and that will uh
0: Either leave you bewildered, or maybe some some sort of understanding will come.
1: And and I think that probably it, if you want to remain anonymous, you need to tell us that because we've we've proven two or three times here that we will out you. Um. Oh yeah, <laughs> if you're gonna ask the question, you're gonna get it
0: No, yeah. if you do, if you want to remain anonymous, that's fine. But we may not answer it then if we need to remain anonymous too. Who knows?
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> Don't, don't ask us to put our neck out there. Uh, yeah, yeah, if you're
0: not willing to put yours out. Yeah. So. And
1: don't and don't write hateful comments because if you write hateful comments, you'll destroy my fragile ego. So. Amen. <laughs> All yeah. right, man. Well, I love you. I'll uh,
0: talk to you next week and I hope you have a good one. All right. Love you too. Take care. Hey, thanks again for listening to Pontificating Pastors. If you like what you're hearing, don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Anchor or any one of the other platforms. We hope you have a great week.